There we all are. I love that intro, Jen. Um, and I know that we're still, for those of you tuning in, we are experimenting with a uh, relatively new software package for us. Uh, we've made a switch from open broadcast to StreamYard. So bear with us as our technical glitches get ironed out over who knows how many episodes it's going to take. But neither here nor there. Welcome to another episode <laughs> of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with just a coaching and with me pretty much as always is our marketing director Jen Weibor. Good morning, Good morning Adam. Hi um, and yes it is morning where you and I are mm -hmm. and it's morning where our guest is as well. <laughs> That's the case. She's uh, not out of town and we didn't know it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've got a really cool guest for you guys today because we have a repeat guest who happens to be a local real estate agent. And we don't do a whole lot of that unless these are really badass people. So welcome back to the show, Angela Knight. Good thank morning. Thank you so much. Morning to both of you. Yeah. And, and no, thank you. I know that carving out this kind of time for our little endeavor here is not an easy thing to do on a Monday morning. So... Yeah. yeah, and of course, a lot to offer. So it's my pleasure. Thanks, and of course, we've probably had this episode booked for eighteen months or something ridiculous. Yeah, so, yeah, it's uh, pretty far. We're starting to get a lot of people saying, uh, "I've never been this far booked out for anything in my life." Um, yeah, you remind, will you remind me in a year? <laughs> yeah, we'll remind you in a year that we're going to do this. Um, so, Angie. Obviously, we had a lot of great chatter uh, before we went live, um, and I know our audience is sometimes privy to some of that because we'll loop it back in, um, but I think one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle, and this is the, you know obviously just coming back from a real estate and mortgage conference in Atlanta, uh, EPMX, and thank you to the great people at EPM for putting that together. They did have some Great content. We uh, got to see Gary Vee. Love listening to Gary Vee cool. speak. Yeah. And it was a surprise for the most part. Um, <laughs> there were a few of us that figured out who the surprise guest was, but uh, Emmett Smith and his Hello. teammate in uh, NASCAR. Emmett Smith now owns a NASCAR team. Jesse Wujay, the driver, uh, was there as well. Um, who am I missing? Uh, Damon John from Shark Tank, uh, certainly an entertaining fellow as well. So we did see a lot of great content, but one of the things that we discovered over the... What am I missing, Jen? Egypt. Oh, yeah. Egypt Herod. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what her show is, but she's got a... HGTV. Reality, yeah. Yeah. She's got a reality television real estate program of some sort. Um, and one of the things that is obviously unique Thanks, to... Thanks, Mom. <laughs> is that <laughs> <Right>? your mom? <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so one of the things that we find unique about these conferences is that, of course, we see all manner of loan originator, different techniques, different tactics. Same with the real estate agents. And uh, Jen had made a joke about how we uh, came across this one particular real estate agency. She said, quote, real estate agent, end quote. And um, she. it turns out she was new to the business. It turns out that she had been a bit deceptive with us about what her production was like, how 
long she'd been in the business, how successful she was, so on and so forth. And um, of course, a very small amount of digging at uh, surface that uh, she was a relatively new agent, really hadn't done any business as of yet. And one of the things I think that was really important about this particular conference and about uh, Gary V's presentation and just where the world is at these days is, man, do we need to be authentic, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And, you know, we certainly uh, appreciate authenticity. We appreciate transparency. We try to do what we can. I don't, I'm not braggadocious about what we do. Uh, I'm not, you know, the guy out there wearing $1,000 suits. In fact, I may have been the only person wearing shorts at this conference. Um, part of that was because that's, you know, who I am. The other part of it is that yeah, it was like 25 it degrees in Atlanta. So um, yeah, and that's really, really cold. So yeah, most of the people from the Southeast were uh, freaking out about the weather. But, um, you know, we kind of circumnavigated this with you, Angie, before we went on air, um, because you had made a comment about your wrinkles. And you made it in jest. But the fact of the matter is, what you really put out there was, yeah, you don't give a shit. You're not. You're not vain enough to worry about it. You don't care if your audience. You're I put on makeup today. <laughs> right. You're right. Exactly. This is the kind of thing because it's authentic. It's real. It's transparent. And if nothing else, we've always gotten that from you with our interviews, with our business interaction, with transactions. We know that what we're getting from Angie is the real Angie, and. I think that there's so little of that going on right now that, um, you know, I really just want to put it out there. And we don't have to talk about this in depth, guys. I just want to put it out there that, ah, for the love of Pete, um, guys, all of you in our reach and our social media audiences that subscribe to the podcast, the video cast. Yeah, you're you're just you're going to do so much more being authentic and being transparent and being the real you. You're going to attract people that are like you, people that you would want to work with. You're going to repel people that you wouldn't want to work with. And mm -hmm. I just don't know that I can emphasize enough. Please be you. Be the real you, whoever you are. Take that note from the from a page of the book of Angie Knight. <laughs> you know, I agree. I mean, yeah. that's how I lead my business. And that, you know, that's absolutely, you know, my, my clients are my friends. I'm, you know, mostly referral. And there's a reason for that because I connect on a different level. And you know what? I don't know everything. I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. But the best thing is, is that I'll, you know, I'll do, I'll dig in and I will do everything I can to find out whatever information you need. So I totally wholeheartedly agree with that. You just, you know, you got to be yourself. Yeah, this is, I, I, I don't know that I could ever emphasize enough how important that kind of thing is. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, I, and guys, we don't have to talk about, you know, authenticity <laughs> and transparency. And um, I, I do think it's important to understand and for our entire audience to understand that the vast majority of what we do at Just the Tips is probably stuff that people already know. Like, you know, you should be transparent. You know you should be authentic. It's just that you're not doing it. You know you should be working your audience, your sphere, your contact database. This is how we build a repeat referral business, and we don't do it. We know the kinds of things we should be doing on social media and in video, and we don't do it. Um, it's just a matter of 
really harnessing all this stuff that you guys already know because we've been talking about it since the dawn of sales. We have been talking about it. Even the, the, the snake oil salesman, the first bicycle salesman. I'm reminiscent of the scene in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid where the uh, salesman, uh, you know, the sheriff's trying to assemble a posse and all the townspeople are listening and the bicycle salesman interrupts and he just starts pitching right then and there. It was uh, very authentic and very real. And yeah, from the dawn of the, you know, civilization, whenever we started selling things, we've known the things we need to do. We just got to be better about doing them including being authentic all right but uh, our audience doesn't come here to listen to me you know <laughs> the, spew yes. the same shit that we do in our uh, in every episode and in our coaching and teachings and video tips and on and on let's talk about angie because that's a far better subject anyway <laughs> I guess that's debatable <laughs> no no absolutely angie and our, our audience knows or we hope they know that um we've got some uh, thresholds in place. We've got some uh, triggers in place so that our audience knows that our guests are doing really good business, whatever it is they do, in your case, real estate. Um, we follow everybody's production before we invite them to be a guest on the show. We want to make sure that you have a working knowledge of what it takes to generate business, to generate leads, to have a repeat and referral business, etc. And we've already had you on an episode, so we spent 30 minutes determining that, hey, Angie's not a douchebag. Let's have her back because we come across a lot of real estate agents that are. And I think that's true in any licensed profession. Yeah. Jen yeah, and I so came across a bunch this weekend, loan originators, <laughs> real estate people. There are plenty of you out there. So let's, yeah, so let's talk about the fact that Angie does good business. Angie's not a douchebag. So what does Angie do to do good business and not be a douchebag? Let's you know no. get into the meat of it. What did 2021 look like for you? Tell us about um, you. You know, I think everybody knows it was a crazy real estate year. I mean, I literally was uh, rode an offer January 1st and it just went from there. Um, you know, it's hard, I think especially in the Denver market, you know, we are historically a very stable market and it's so hard to track and predict, you know, what's going to happen because um, there is no rhyme or reason to our market right now. And, and I think that one of the things that I'm noticing as we're coming off of a year, like we did and already starting out this year, I was back out on January 1st showing property and writing offers. Um, I think that we have, there's still a frenzy going on, you know, as far as multiple offers. But what I'm noticing is if those houses are not a plus turnkey, like not one drop of thing has to be done to them, they aren't going to get those multiple offers. And so we're seeing this mix of, you know, a kind of a different market where last year, everybody just offered no matter what it was and everything had multiple offers. It didn't matter if it was a dump, you know, you were still competing with 10, 20, 30 people. And this year it's different. You know, if you aren't ready and you haven't staged your house and done professional photos and you haven't made all the repairs and you're trying to maximize that price, it's going to be tough if you haven't actually done the work. And, and I also am seeing, you know, of course, whenever we have comparable sales that have increased the way that they did in double digits last year, you know, percentages, um, we're now having overpricing going on, you know, whether it's a seller that's being unrealistic or an agent that just takes a listing to say, hey, I've got a listing and, you know, and it's going to price it wherever, you're still going to have the same things that are going to hurt you on overpricing a property. So, um, you know, it was a great. 
<laughs> Sorry. We, we've no. seen a number of deals or did last year where, yeah, Zillow had grossly overpriced the right? property. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't think, you know, I mean, the iBuyer, the whole iBuyer thing, that's a whole conversation in and of itself. And, and, you know, I mean, good agents, I, I do have my own personal tactics on how to help my clients that are interested in doing an iBuyer situation. You know, I'm all about, and I think any of us in this industry that have been in it for a long time, we're about doing what's best for our client. And if that really is truly the best way for them to go, that's fine. Just let me help you before you make that decision blindly. It's no different than a buyer or a seller who wants to sell for sale by owner. Yeah, you you absolutely can. And you may save yourself a few dollars. You may not maximize your price. You also got a lot of legal risk with it. But my team has a form that we provide to anybody who's list, you know, interested in looking for sale by owner. I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to tell you exactly what you're going to entail. In fact, I even give you all the places that you can go to get the forms and, you know, do this on your own. I, I absolutely am not going to stop you from doing it. I just would love to have the 15 minutes to talk to you about, you know, what are your risks and is it really worth the reward or are, are your risks a little bit, you know, steeper than what you're realizing? So, um, you know, I Always. think it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can only think of, yeah, if I were making a list of things that could go sideways in a for sale by owner, uh, it's, it's a long list of how I could really fuck myself. Yeah, you know, no the biggest question. thing is disclosure. It's, you know, the legal ramifications. Yep, the legal ramifications are huge. The legal I aspect mean, is huge. I don't think yep. the consumer necessarily understands that real estate agents are really practicing a small segment of law. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That Especially there, yeah, that there's a reason we have mm -hmm. contract law classes. There's a reason we have malpractice insurance, yep. those kinds of things. So yeah, that's certainly a really big one in my mind, but the dollars should be an impact to the consumer. I, I understand a consumer yeah. not understanding what a real estate agent really does. Um, yeah. But for the lone fact that proper selling, proper marketing, proper negotiation activity on and on from a seasoned real estate agent is going to 99% of the time, it's going to guarantee I'm going to walk away with more money than if I try to sell it myself. Absolutely. Yeah. So, or you're gonna, or in this this situation, this market, you're going to win the deal. You know, what I mean, when you're competing with ten or twelve people, and we've got a lot of buyers that are coming from out of state, they're cashing out in bigger markets, and they're coming in and they're buying, you know, cash cash, and who can compete with that? You know, it's hard, and to set yourself apart when you're, you know, a, a new loan buyer, which doesn't necessarily make you a worse buyer than a cash buyer. I mean, I never have ever gone on the premise that a cash buyer is your best buyer. I always feel like they have one foot out the door. Where they're always looking for the better deal. I don't care where yeah. the money comes from. Exactly. If I'm selling a property, fine. Your mortgage company is going to stroke me a check, fine. You're going to stroke exactly. me a check, fine. I do not care. Because guess what? We all operate on the same currency system. A dollar's a dollar. I don't really care where it comes from. Well, but it's going to take the agent to communicate that. I mean, you know, I mean, I have uh, actually have this as my my car service advisor. He's using an agent right now that is the wife of uh, one of his coworkers, and she's not doing crap for him. And every time I talk to him, I feel sorry for him. I mean, he went after a for sale by owner this last weekend. He's doing the negotiating with the for sale by owner and the guy's like, oh, well, I've got a couple more people that want to look at it. Well, now he's got somebody that's offered more than him and the guy won't call him back. I feel so bad for him. I mean, he's ready to buy this house and he can't do it because he doesn't have anybody advocating for him. So it's just that to me is really 
sad, you know, sad to, to see go on. And, and I feel like half of my, my career, which I'm starting my 32nd year, I'm going to date myself, but half my career has been correcting those wrongs and trying to give somebody a better memory of real estate, of the real estate transaction. You know, I mean, we're always one step from a used car salesman and we're always on the world's top 10 jobs <laughs> every year. We're on the list. And I think that, you know, that, that has always been one of my goals is to change people's mindsets and educate them on the value of having an agent and having somebody that knows the business and, and wants to advocate for them. Certainly very important right now for those of you uh, watching or listening live or in syndication, know that, uh, the market that we share, Jen and Angie and I, um, we technically define it as seven different counties that make up the Denver metro area. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with the area, Denver is actually really small. Uh, it's not a big landmass. It's not an enormous population. But the surrounding area, the, uh, the metropolitan area, is you know millions of people. And there aren't even a million in actual Denver proper. So of these seven counties, there are something to the tune of about 25,000 real estate agents. And right now about 1,200 listings. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, the math just doesn't jive in my head, of course. Um, so this is why it's very, very, how do I even put this? Difficult isn't quite the right word to deal with this. And, of course, it's an exacerbating problem. It's getting worse and worse. It's um, near impossible. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, we we keep joking about which one of the agents we know is going to be the one to sell the last house. Right. <laughs> right. So, whichever house is the last one for sale in Denver. Um, and I just can't see where this problem isn't going to continue to perpetuate with an ever-growing population, a population that continues to live longer and longer, a population that stays in its homes longer and longer, a enormous generation, second only to the boomers, coming into age of the home buying process. Um, yeah, I just can't imagine where we're going to see any kind of relief from what we're dealing with. If there's relief to be had, it's going to be solved by a room full of people a lot smarter than I am. Well, this inventory is actually the lowest that we've ever seen in my entire career. I mean, oh, 30 I'm years, sure. this is oh, it's probably longer. Bad. And, and not only that, but I also think another big key that I've noticed is the boomers are sitting. You know, we've expected in the last five years that boomers would start to turn over as they were becoming empty nesters. And they're not. They're not selling at all. No. And so this whole inventory that we thought we were going to have. And then I get a, get a lot of people, I'm sure you guys do too, ask about, you know, um, ask about um, foreclosure. I, I laugh when somebody says, oh, can you do HUD homes? I'm like, yeah, I can do HUD homes, but you're sure. not going to I mean, there's, there's, it's not going to happen. And well, now that the whole COVID thing, no, it's not going to happen. I will be surprised if we see any kind of influx of REOs the end of this year. Like no. supposed to. It, it'll be um, negligible and it won't even be something that you could, uh, that you could count. No, that you could no. Because anybody who's in that situation, they're going to be better off selling. Sure. I've got a ton of equity in my house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk Absolutely. away with a ton of cash, preserve my credit. Yeah, totally. no question yeah. about it. Now, yeah. That is going to be a very big deal. And on our side of it, people ask all the time about like Teacher Next Door. Great program, right? Um, for mm -hmm. those of you who don't know, you can essentially buy a house for half price using that program, typically regentrifying areas. Um, you got to stay in them for a period of time. There are a lot of details to it, but you got to buy a HUD home. Right. 
And I think the last time I looked, and it's been a couple of years, there were 30 of them in Colorado and none of them were in Denver. No, they're all in <laughs> online, you know, farm areas that yeah, there's right. no population. <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't think we're going to see that kind of thing. I don't think we're going to see an influx mm -hmm. of foreclosures. I don't think we're going to have any of that COVID aside. Right. The real estate values are going to be Looney Tunes. But I do think that the supply and demand issue really is a supply issue. Mm -hmm. You know, the demand has curbed some. We raised rates. That curbed it some. Not enough. The supply problem is still big. We even tried a plague. Didn't work. We still have a huge supply and demand problem. So honestly, and I'm not even seeing the rates affecting some of my higher level clients. It's the what they've lost in the markets. It's their investments mm -hmm. that are stopping them from moving forward and buying what they want to buy because they don't have the down payment that they had six months ago that they can draw out. So I think that is a bigger factor than interest rates. I mean, I think we were joking about that even before, you know, when I started in real estate 30 years ago, it was coming off of the eighties and we were doing assumable loans at 15, 16, 17%. And people are quibbling over three and a half percent mortgages now. I laugh every time somebody tells me that I'm like, really, this is basically free money like that. I think where our interest rates are. Yeah. Does it knock people out? But I think investments have had made a bigger impact, at least what I'm seeing in my client base. I would agree. That makes a lot of sense. And I think we're all suffering that, which you know, certainly leads to much greater <laughs> economical. Invest in real like, estate. You won't right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is uh, Looney Tunes. Well, how do I put that? There used to be economic indicators that we could correlate to interest rates, to real estate values, to inflation, to bankruptcy rates, to unemployment rates, on and on. And over the last two years, the disconnect has just been so significant that it's impossible to really explain the correlations. It's or like in every industry is running independently. It, yeah, there's no yeah. correlation at all. Yeah. You really have to look at everything. And then, and then that's part of exactly, again, you know, my business is, my primary job is to help people gather information, to help them fact find so that they can figure out what's best for their situation. Right. Make educated decisions. Yep, absolutely. And we yes. do so much more than just showing houses. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you. <laughs> right. Some of you. Yeah. And again, I do think that no matter what licensed industry you're in, it's 99% giving the rest a bad name. So um, we've, we'll just have to, I always have to it up and deal with it. Whenever I talk about showing houses, my daughter, who is now 13, when she was about three or four, she used to go around telling, telling everybody what I did for a living was mommy goes and she says, there's a pretty house. There's a pretty house. There's a pretty house. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you guys are making a joke of it, but we all know there's some real estate agents out there that do that. Uh, come on. All right. So what did the year look like for lead gen activity for you? Did you have to put forth effort? Are we, are we coming up with some new ideas? Is there anything we're going to implement next year? What, what, what did you do different in 21? What are you going to do different in 22 versus 2020? Well, what I did in 21 was I actually started to grow my team. So I added some agents into our Denver offices and our Denver and Conifer offices. And 
Um, so I kind of had a different kind of lead gen, you know, and, and for me, I will be honest, I suck at lead gen. I mean, I have been referral based for so long and I'm not a door knocker. I hate making the cold calls. And so I had to realize that, you know what, my best lead gen or after a year of training new people to the business, you know, on my team and teaching them all of the staples that we all learn, you know, how you grow your business. I had to then focus and say, you know what, I need to get back to exactly what you said at the beginning. And that's caring for my clients client base and getting back in touch with them. That is where my business is going to primarily come from. However, and Angie, do don't sell yourself short. That is legit. It is. It is. Yeah. But that's what I'm good at. And, and then we also do, um, you know, my business partner, Ryan, who's out of Michigan, he heads up our Michigan office. Um, he is great at Facebook. He's, as he likes to say, he was in diapers when I was graduating high school. So he's that generation that knows how to <laughs> you know, milk the social media that I don't. And um, so we do Facebook ads. And what we realized is we've got too many buyers. I mean, there's so many more buyers. So we're, I think this year, redirecting our Facebook ads to really focus on the seller. And um, I mean, we're using our buyers, like we have some ads running right now that we're looking for homes for our buyers. You know, not only do we search for sale by owners and MLSs, and we, we belong to coming soon groups on, you know, social media and, and do all the networking we can within our industry. Um, and I also believe that, you know, my, my business relationships are just as valuable as my client relationships. You know, sure. you need to have partnerships with other agents there, despite our inventory, there's enough business to go around for those that are hungry and those that want it. And so we're now trying to do whatever we can to find houses for our buyers. And we've kind of redirected that and we're running ads, soliciting listings specifically that meet criteria that our active buyers are looking for. Um, so we do, you know, we do some of the traditional stuff, but um, it's kind of a mix. And, you know, for me, it's, I think social media is a big platform and that's one of the things I want to get back on and really, you know, be more consistent about that. I haven't been. Um, and, you know, I think that there, my biggest advice to anybody in, in any industry that you have to do marketing of yourself is find what works for you because you can do whatever somebody else says all day and night. And there's a lot of great ones out there. I mean, we've all done the buffinis and the ninja and all the different things, but if it doesn't work for you, it's not going to work. If you're not going to apply yourself to it, then it's not going to work. So get out there, you know what, find what works for you. And if it isn't clicking in the first week, then dump it and move on. You know I mean? I think people try and give things too long sometimes um, you know, to make that generation, you know, that lead generation work. And if it's not, then move on. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money and time is money. I mean, we all wake up every morning unemployed. So, you know, we've got to start somewhere every day. And, you know, if you're just spinning your wheels, then you're really losing, losing a lot. Um, and I, and so for me, that was kind of an epiphany that I had last year. I've always wanted to have a more balanced business, but the reality is because referral business is very volatile. Um, but at the same time, if I capitalize on that, I can probably still give myself, you know, more balanced business. And that's really what I'm going to try and get back to and focus on this year is my peeps. That's good. And I do think it's important to understand or for our audience to understand, I should say that working in your business and working on your business are different things. Mm -hmm. And if we're talking about expansion, bringing on new agents, new loan originators, new insurance producers, if that's what your gig is, then that is time well spent. No different than 
generating leads. That is time well spent. Uh, calling your contact database, doing uh, videos that you're going to put on social media, uh, whatever the case may be. This is time well spent. You've just got to have a balance. You got to be constant and consistent. And I'm going to level the, with the entire audience and Angie as well. I have done some sales recruiting, I guess is uh, the way that we're going to put it and describe it for all intents and purposes here. And I suck at it. I, I am fantastic at building an operations team. And I am fantastic at making sure that we take really good care of our clients so that they use us again and that they refer more clients and that I stay in front of those people, that kind of thing. But what you're doing is a really difficult task. Growing your business is a very difficult task. And I think too, you know, I mean, you're right. There's every facet has its challenges. And for me, I'm so particular about how I treat my clients that the people I want on my team have got to be similar to me. You know I mean? They've got to have the same work ethic and the same care level of care and, you know, all of that. And that's hard to find, you know I mean? Because it takes time to get to know somebody to really see whether or not they're a fit and, you know, and whether they have the same values and they have the same uh, goals and they have the same energy and they have the same, you know, or similar, you know, kind of um, self self-awareness as far as pushing themselves and being able to generate that business. And, you know, it's, it is, it's, there's, there's always, you know, always a snag and you always have to um, take a high level look and make sure that you're going down the right road. And, and they're going to lie to you about some of it too. Oh, absolutely. You got to get through the bullshit too. It's hard. It's a, it's a big challenge. As you experienced this weekend. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, uh, well, and don't get me wrong. There, there's, you know, conscientious deception, which is what we experienced this weekend. Mm -hmm. And that's a far, far cry from the self-awareness that you're referring to. That's, that's a life skill yeah. being self-aware and well i think that goes along with your, what you said about being authentic you know i mean i learned probably about 10 years ago when i had some big personal life changes that you know what i'm just going to be me you know what i'm going to be me you're going to get me with all of my flaws and all of the, the great things about me and i'm not going to apologize for it you know and i think that's the that's something that sets you apart when you can be honest with yourself it's much easier to be honest with other people Certainly true. Um, I attribute yeah. a lot of it to I'm just exhausted. I don't have time to, to, totally. to put on a show or, um, you know, be somebody that I'm not or say things mm -hmm. that I don't think are true or uh, whatever. Age and maturity that does that. <laughs> uh, I'm so going to I'm going to say yes, because <laughs> that's the case. I am not going to say anything like, yeah, I'm old and immature because <laughs> although that would be authentic. Um, well, when I'm 75, I'm going to be that woman that is going to just say whatever the heck I want, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I love seeing older people that do that and live their lives now. It's that, like, you, you go, girl. You know what? You you totally be who you are. Have fun with it. You've lived this long. You you should enjoy the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and watch the dumpster fire burn from a distance. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, I, I'm a little jealous of the people that don't have to uh, worry about their kids making it or 
what the world is uh, becoming or going to become. And yep. they can just kind of sit and uh, like Bartles and James, right? They can just sit on the porch and watch and they thank you for your support. Uh, and, and Angie, we do too. Jen, I can tell that we're, uh, you're looking at me like we're running over. Okay, we're running yep. over. Um, but this is how this works. We, you know, just get into conversation mode and hopefully that, uh, provides some content that our audience can pick a nugget or two out of. And I think we certainly accomplished that with this episode. So thank you for that, Angie. Well, thank you guys. What well, are we yeah. missing, Jen? What, what else do we want Angie to tell us? Or um, yeah, where, where are we at? And, and, and if you want to take us home, that's good too. But uh, yeah, we didn't give you the, let you have a word in edgewise this week. That's okay. No, I would love to hear more about Angie's team structure and what's going on there, but I think we'll we'll have an hour long show if we dive too much into it. But Angie can and, you, give and us you know we can't hold her to it if we get her back for another episode. Right. right. Well, I'll give you right. a quick synopsis. I mean, it was me and my business partner when we decided to form a team. I think we're going on in three years ago. Um, you know, we immediately went into expansion. So he wanted to move back to Michigan. That's where he was from. He had a lot of business here. We had actually met on opposing sides of the table and we just clicked and kept in contact over 10 years. And cool. and he was on his way out. He's like, hey, you know what? Let's let's look at this. So um, I actually have some own changes in my own life. I have bought a house in Pennsylvania this last year. My husband is from the East Coast. We'd love to flip our relocation and base out of there and still have a place here so that I can keep my business and my team going here. So I had self motivations of, okay, I need help, you know, for my business. And so um, you know, found a couple of agents that one actually is a past client, believe it or not. And um, she decided she wanted to leave her industry and get into real estate. And she is hot and heavy and doing a great job. Another one was actually a good friend of mine. And I originally started pestering her and I'm like, come on, you know what? I just need help up here in the mountains. You can, you know, you can just help me. You don't have to generate business. And so she was kind of a different, you know, angle. And I think that for me, we're just building our team as we need it, like, you know, as the puzzle fits, we're not necessarily, you know, one of those mega teams that we're looking for a particular kind of, you know, power horse that's just going to meet these, you know, check these boxes. We want to be authentic. You know what? We want to build our team genuinely and have, um, bring all the best parts of each one of us to contribute to it. And so um, those are the two agents that I added this year and they in this last year and and we've got more and, you know, we've got a couple of admins that we've added as well. And, and I've got a referral agent, you know, that um, moved out of state and she's referring, you know, keeping her business going here. Um, so different things, you know, I mean, we're kind of just open to really what works for everybody and can we make it work within our team? And so there's no, no, there's no model to it. It's really, this is our own thing. Ryan and I really built this the way that we wanted to, and it's about unity and it's about family and it's about, you know, um, keeping those core values that we believe yep. in. Nailed it. It's family. Awesome. You Love nailed it. it. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Angie. We'd love Absolutely. to have you back. We are booking out, I think, 15 months right now, but I'll be in touch so we can book it. Put me on. <laughs> I'll just send you a date. Angie's um, not going anywhere. <laughs> for She'll those of you watching, you can see our text code at the bottom of the screen, or if you're listening, text TIPS to 63566. We are starting to plan both Social Media Day Denver and the sixth annual Mile High Mastermind. Uh, Social Media Day Denver will be Thursday, June 30th this year, and Mile High Mastermind is 
September 16th and 17th. So if you're interested in attending, tickets will go on sale soon, uh, but I am looking for speakers. So if you or someone you know would be a great speaker for us, please have them reach out. Um, you can also get a copy of Adam's book there, Just the Tips. You can book a free hour of coaching with us, see all the past episodes of the show. I did put Angie's last episode in the comments for you guys on Facebook. I'll be sure to share that other and all the other places too. But thanks so much, Angie. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and the rest of you, we'll see you next week with another new episode. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You bet. Thanks, Angie. Take care.